Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Daisy. And today I have Steve coming from New York. I didn't say your last name, Steve, because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Steve Novakitis, which Novakitis. Uh, I could promise you I've heard every imaginable pronunciation. So as long as most, a lot of people put letters that don't even uh, belong in there. So, so no problem. <laughs> well, I don't want to butcher. He just told me that a second ago. I was like, you know what? It's, I'm still going to mess it up. So uh, I appreciate that. I like to start these episodes off with uh, a little laughter. And hopefully we can keep that going. So absolutely, these are fun and conversational, and we're here just to have a good time, learn as well along the, the way, and hear what Steve has to share with us uh, about what he's done in his firm, leadership management, and how he's come up through the ranks. First off, before we get diving into that, check out his firm. You're probably familiar with it, Foley Mansfield. You go to foleymansfield.com. I really love what you guys have done. Your, your branding, just the FM, it's, it kind of shows that you you have a good brand in the market if you can go down to just uh, two <laughs> letters. So, but I like that a lot. <laughs> That's new for us. It's uh, new, new, new this year, actually. Awesome. Okay. I think it looks good. It's clean. Thank you. So well-known firm, large firm, uh, and we'll get into that here in just a bit. And Steve is the managing partner of the New York office for the firm. Uh, so Steve, tell us about Steve first off, and then we'll get into what you do for work and, and the firm. Excellent. First of all, thank you really uh, very much. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, this is, is going to be a blast. Sure. Uh, so my name is Steve Novakitis. I am 48 years old. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I spent the last 15 years or so across the river in New Jersey, which is painful for any New Yorker who actually admit that they, they live in New Jersey. No. Uh, one of the worst, one of the most difficult days in that transition was when I had to hand in my New York license and get my New Jersey one. That was not great. So you but... became a worse driver. <laughs> oh. Definitely, definitely. So, so yeah, um, born and raised in Brooklyn. I am half Greek, half Irish. So that means, at least on the Greek side, it means that uh, I spent most of my childhood working in my dad's diner, you know. Having gone to law school and sort of learned some things, I, I think I probably would have had some child labor claims against him back when I was like 10 years old. But that that sort of that was a really formative thing for me. Is I worked in the diner from 10 years old till till I graduated law school and, and got my first legal job, actually. That's um, awesome. Real quick, I have a lot of uh, Greek friends where I grew mm -hmm. up. I was a whole Greek family, you know, went to high school and different school ages with them. And all of them own businesses, almost every single one, a restaurant. Yep. And they all own their own now, like as it's just the whole family thing. And my first job was with one of the, the Greek families at like 12. I wasn't even able to work, but I, I was, don't say who it was, but um, but I was ready to make some money. So I, I got a job at one of their mini golf courses that they had. And I know all of them very well now, still good friends of mine. And they all still own a lot of great businesses. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Growing up, I think every Greek guy I knew, his dad owned a diner. <laughs> so it was just part of the deal. I, I think, uh, believe me, when, when days are difficult and I'm, you know, responding to emails at one o'clock in the morning, there's a lot of times I think back to wonder what it would have been like to just stay in the diner business. Well, maybe you should open a diner up after this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you never know. 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, I am in New Jersey, so there's always a need. Yeah, you get more donors for sure, no problem. <laughs> so, give us, tell us how how did you get into what you're doing now? What what made sure. you say, you know what, I'm going to law school or become an attorney? Uh, what was the influence? What was what was that like? So, uh, I like to say that Tom Cruise sort of set me on this path because you know I got I got to the end of college, and like a lot of people, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I wasn't really ready to make the decision about what I wanted to do. A few um, good men came out. A few good men, Jerry Maguire. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll either be a trial attorney, I'll represent athletes, it'll be fantastic. Uh, so that's what led me to law school. And that's I went, to, <laughs> yeah, none of that worked out. But I, I did, I, I graduated from St. John's Law School here uh, over in New York about 22 years ago, which is really, really hard to imagine, but true. And, you know, I think probably like a lot of lawyers, honestly, I, I didn't have much of a plan. I ended up at my first job, which was a civil defense firm specializing in product liability work. That was a small boutique in, in Manhattan. I worked there for a few years, moved on to a, a much larger firm, um, like a national firm, four or 500 lawyers, where I, again, stuck in the product liability world. I went to another small firm, and then I ended up where I am now and where I have been for the last five and a half years or so, which is fully Mansfield. I was brought in, yeah. About five and a half years ago, Foley Mansfield is a national firm, but they didn't have a New York office. They didn't have a presence in New York and they felt like it was time. It's actually kind of an interesting story, or at least to me. I was at a firm where I was, basically my job was, their, I was their chief trial counsel. So I was spending almost every day in the courtroom on trial, doing that kind of stuff, which was a lot of fun. But somewhere along the line, I decided that I decided that I would like to try to run an office. And I kind of, maybe uh, presumptuously, I, I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if a national law firm that didn't have a New York office decided they needed one and maybe, you know, hire me to run it. And one of the things I did was I, I sort of went out in the world and I, I took meetings with a bunch of friends and colleagues and sort of told them that this is what I was looking for. And amazingly enough, a few months later, I got a phone call from the managing partner at uh, the chairman of Foley and Mansfield. And he said, hey, I, I hear you're looking uh, to run an office and you might be our guy. So in a way that doesn't happen a whole lot, I kind of got exactly what I wanted. That's I mean, you put it out to the world, right? Um, you didn't just yeah. sit back and hope for it. So that's awesome. I mean, exactly what you're looking for. That's, that's yeah. a really cool story. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency, at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. So... Interestingly, they didn't have an office in New York. You would think uh, a more nationally focused firm would would yeah. probably go there first. Maybe they thought it was too saturated or something like that. But. Yeah, you know, I, I think Foley Mansfield started about 35 years ago. It's based in the Midwest. Most of our, probably half of our offices are still in the Midwest. And I think, honestly, you know, my guess is part of it was the cost. It's, it's certainly not cheap here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think at least in my little world, my sort of uh, corner of the universe, over the last half dozen years or so, 
we've seen a number of firms that are around the size of Foley, which is, you know, we're about 110, 120 lawyers. And I've seen a few of those firms that didn't have New York offices open here. So I don't know, you know, it, it's sort of like, uh, it, is this, you know, it, the old Willie Horton story, you know, why you're up banks? Cause that's where the money is. <laughs> I think a lot of firms are, that aren't in New York are starting to realize we better be in New York because that's where the money is. Sure. That's, I mean, that makes sense to me. What is the, uh, how's, how big is that office now? So when I was hired, I was the, I was just hired, just me and uh, my longtime paralegal that, and then over the course of about five years, pretty steadily, we grew to the point now where we are 10 or 11 lawyers and four or five paralegals. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a pretty steady move up for us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's significant uh, for an office. So you got to think about <clears throat> like a new firm I might be talking to that just starting from ground zero and, and trying to get up to 10 is quite the challenge. So, yeah, I mean, I could tell you if you go back to the first six months that we opened the office, we started in a WeWork, in a you know tiny little, I'd had a desk and that was it basically. And there was some months in the beginning where it really wasn't clear it was going to work. <laughs> and uh, so it didn't happen immediately. Nothing ever seems to happen that way, but it did, uh, it did end up, you know, frankly doing really well. That's excellent. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. So, so let's talk about, you know, you know, where you're taking the office, where's the, uh, the firm itself headed towards and specifically, you know, what you focus on there in New York, what is your, is your office um, specialized in any kind of certain practice area or uh, is it a combination of, of different ones? What are you seeing from the, the work that you have coming in? Sure. If I sort of take the big picture first and start with Foley, Foley is a pretty well-known firm. If you are in the product liability space, the civil in civil cases, chances are you know who we are. You may have worked with us. The New York office was essentially open to continue that, and for the most part, we have. Uh, I think we've probably diversified a little bit more than than some of our other offices. But if you look at our you know client list, it's probably 75% of the clients are product liability type cases. And for us, that can mean just about anything that you can think of that uh, some manufacturer creates and somewhere along the line, a plaintiff gets injured and, and claims that it's the product that did it. Sure. Our office, we have spent the last several years doing an awful lot of health litigation. Yeah, if, and certainly your viewers will know this, if, if you turn on your TV, it's going to be really hard to avoid a commercial where they're not talking about Johnson and Johnson and talcum powder and you know all that stuff. And I don't represent Johnson and Johnson, but there are many, many, many companies sued in those cases. And sure. uh, what we've sort of done over the last few years is we've had a few clients that we've managed their national docket. So even though we're in New York, if they have cases anywhere in the country, we sort of oversee it, defend it, get them ready strategy-wise, et cetera. So that's a, that's a big part of us. But Excellent. like I said, in New York, we've been diversifying a bit to the point where now, you know, we do a lot of general liability, some real estate litigation. Honestly, you sort of name it, if it's in the litigation realm, whether it's my office or, or another office, fully in Mansfield, we'll cover that. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That's good for the viewers to know. And I'm sure most of the attorneys, especially in your you know realm, have heard of, <laughs> of the firm for sure. Yeah, it's a small world. The legal world is, is obviously, you know, billion lawyers, but it, when you actually look at it, we all sort of work in this, in these tiny little bubbles. So, so certainly mine is kind of, kind of It's funny because, you know, I get to, I do the show and I, I meet a lot of lawyers. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, a lot of folks know lawyers from all over the country and part of groups and, and masterminds and they know one another, or at least 
they follow the firm or they, they see the success of a firm and they know what's going on. So it's, it does make it a lot smaller. So, yeah. well, speaking of groups, you know, I was on your LinkedIn before we jumped on, I mentioned it, but obviously going into this role, you went from just practicing as an attorney to saying, Hey, I want to run an office. So, and not like you had the experience to back it up necessarily. So you're like, I just, I want to do this. So they put some faith into you and, and the stars aligned. And, but what you mentioned is, all right, you had to learn some management, some leadership skills and, and, and get that. And so I saw that you're a part of a group called Vistage. And so I figured let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, me and my business partner, we're a part of peer groups, entrepreneur groups, where we can learn and talk to others about what they're doing, which you don't usually, you can't do it at home sometimes, or mm -hmm. <clears throat> my wife doesn't run a business. My friends usually, not, most of my friends don't run businesses. So it's hard to go to them and say, Hey, what are you guys doing? Or I have this employee issue or whatever, right. right? Sales marketing. So tell us a little bit about that group and, and kind of how that came about and, and how that's, that's kind of helps you. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, as I said, I, I kind of put it out in the world. I wanted to run an office and somebody took me up on it, which I'm thankful for. And it sort of hit me, you know, when I first got there and it was just me, it was not a big deal. But as we started to, the clients started to come in and started to get busier, it became incredibly clear that while being a lawyer is still my main job, a large portion of my job was going to be a ma as a manager and as a leader. And I didn't have any experience in that at all. So First thing I did, honestly, was I, I basically read every imaginable leadership book, every, you know, how to lead, how to run and you name it, I read it. And then I kind of realized that that probably wasn't going to do it. It wasn't going to do enough. So I was fortunate. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And I was fortunate enough that a Vistage chair uh, reached out and said, hey, you know, I think you might be a good fit for my for my group. I, you know, talked to her. I, I went, met with some of the group members. and. And for, for those of us, I'll, I'll take a step back for, the, for those of your viewers. It's basically a management, I'm sorry, a peer group company. And to give you an idea what my group looks like, for instance, we're about 15, 12 or 15 people. Everybody is either CEO or a managing partner or you know, in some sort of leadership position. And everybody's in a different field. Uh, one of the rules of Vistage for a group is I'm the lawyer in the group, so there can't be any other lawyers. Which is in conflict. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good system because it, frankly, it, it avoids the conflicts. It, it allows for sort of more open conversation because you're not worried about the guy, you know, across from you stealing all your good ideas. And what it really, for me, and I, I've got, I feel, feel like it's been a fantastic asset for me because I came into to this knowing nothing. Uh, I remember that very first Vistage meeting, somebody, you know, I don't remember who, but somebody was talking about KPIs and P, P and L's and all. I had no idea what any of that meant. And, you know, look, I give my group a lot of credit. You know, I, I know I still have a lot to learn and I'm, I'm not there yet, but hearing everybody else talk about the issues that they went through as leaders, you know, one of the things you come to understand is we all have the same problems. <laughs> we all have the same issues. Whether you're running a, you know, a digital marketing company or an office, or you're running a candy store or whatever, you have issues with uh, employee retention. You have issues with payroll. You have issues with, you know, chasing down vendors. We all have the same stuff. So I found it to be just an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. So completely 100% agree with you. We've been in some groups now for years. And I've even been in a, a digital marketing agency owners mastermind, uh, which is national because 
you know, they're all over the country and very specific to my business, but at the same time, they're almost all potential competitors. Mm-hmm. It's a, a little bit of a, I don't want to say this or that. So I do like the, the exposure to other business owners or leaders because they all are the same. I, I, I've been in a couple with blue collar companies. And while there's a little bit of difference, they still have the same problems we have, right? Yeah. Sales, marketing, cash flow, employees, retention, benefits, all those things. And I mean, every day, every week here, I don't, we're always dealing with this stuff. I mean, every yeah. day, it's never nothing to do. And- yeah, I, I think about the, the pan, during the pandemic too, it was, and I was a part of the group during the pandemic, which meant we met, you know, on Zoom, yeah. but every one of us was dealing with all the same issues then, right? Like, how do we get our employees what they need to do their job? You know, how do we, to the extent that we believe we have a culture in our office, how do we continue it when we're not together? Like all of that stuff. And again, like you said, you know, one of the guys in my group, he's the president of a construction company. Another one is the president of a staffing company. Didn't matter. We all have the same issues. Yeah. And the, the theme on this show is always, you know, and I'm usually talking to say like a, a lawyer that runs his own practice completely. No lawyer comes out of law school, a business owner and law firms should be run like a business. And there's, People have already figured this out. There's a there's a way to do it. And to surround yourself with people that are experiencing these things real time, I think is a huge advantage. And I'm putting Vistage down here on the screen. So Vistage.com is, if you're on audio only, it's V-I-S-T-A-G-E, Vistage. One of the places you might see Vistage, they are like a sponsor, I think, of the PGA Tour. I'll see their stuff. Uh, yeah. They've got a couple <laughs> golfers and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I know that group. So check out Vistage. It's just one. There's a ton of other groups out there. I, sure. I'm mentioning groups all the time. Uh, Entrepreneurs Organization. There's Young Presidents Organization, YPO. Another great group. They all have the same kind of process and reason behind them. I think either one is good to join. Agreed. Um, so just, and it's, you know, uh, my business partner has been in EO for a long time and he's he's gone up to the board and then say, ah, I don't want to do all that. And But now he's like mentoring all these other companies that are smaller and he mm-hmm. just has a blast doing that. And he gets to learn by teaching. And then sure. he comes back and says, hey, hey, we, I, I just taught this, but we didn't even do that for ourselves. you know. And then so yeah. you learn all these things and you know what's right to do, but implementing them yeah. it takes time and you might forget that you've learned something. And so while teaching and, and sharing information, I think you retain it better. And then you go, you know what? We need to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be open. I, I think, you know, I, I've just sort of always taken the approach that, I just, I want good ideas. I don't really care where they come from as long as we end in the right place. And frankly, if I can get a great idea from, from somebody in Vistage group or, or in a podcast or anything else, I'm, I'm happy to take it. Yeah. I think, you know, always looking for that golden nugget. Every time I read a book, it's like, if I can get one thing out of this book, yep. that book's worth probably, it could be worth a million dollars, right? Totally. Agree. If you can change your revenue or your profit or your, you know, whatever, just a little bit then, yeah. or your culture. Right. Yeah. Big Improvement step. is always little steps, right? It's very, very rarely a huge leaps. It's usually little steps. Yeah. So another thing is, uh, you know, I think as business owners and management and leaders, we're always looking for like, what's the secret? Like there's probably like the quick, cause you see all these stories where this person's like went from here and now they're worth like millions. Like, yeah. Oh, what'd they do? Well, there's no secret. And I've, I've paid and I've been in groups and we've paid tons of money to bring in consultants and all kinds of stuff. At the end of the day, there's a list of like hundreds or thousands of things that you have to do <laughs> yeah. and you have to do them well. And if you do a lot of things well, and over time, you're going to see the success yeah. you want, but there's, there's no one 
secret with the business. There's too many no, moving parts. Unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you get a lottery ticket and it wins, boom, you're good. Done. <laughs> then I don't care as much anymore. Yeah. I was going to back it up. One thing uh, you said, sure. COVID is, you know, we dealt with that too. So we're a digital company and, but we were, we have an office building here and then we had all our employees here on location up until about probably three or four years ago. So before COVID, as we started to specialize in legal, it's kind of hard to hire someone locally that's a digital marketing expert in law firms marketing. Mm -hmm. sure. So we had to kind of start expanding our, our reach. And so, and then we had a few employees move for spousal reasons or spouses in the Navy, or the, they met someone and they wanted to move to another state. So we kind of slowly started to become a, a hybrid company and then COVID hit. And so we were kind of already prepared for this because we already did mm -hmm. all the video and we had huddles every day with video and, and we kind of already went down that path. But as COVID hit, we, that just went, you know, totally remote for like 13 months. And then we've hired, we got 30, about 30 people full-time, but almost all my company, except for about seven or eight of us is all new and they were all hired remotely mm -hmm. from, from COVID to now. And so it's quite the, the culture is what I was going to kind of get, get to, but yeah. how do you maintain that? How do you keep it? And does it even stay the same? Right. And, and that, that's yeah. been a challenge for us to say, we're all remote except a handful of us. How do we keep our, our arms around that as we grow? I think that's challenging. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's been an issue for us that we talk about pretty much constantly here before COVID we were in the office most days, you know, people have court conferences or, you're on trial or something, obviously they're not, but for the most part, we were in the office. March, 2020, we sent everybody home. And over the course of the, the pandemic, what we came to find is that we could do this job remotely, uh, that frankly, people's productivity went up, profits went up, and we made the decision, and, and this is not the same as most firms, I think at this point, you know, most firms, and it's almost every day, I, I see a headline about some other large firm telling their people they got to come back in, and we made the decision we weren't going to do that. So we are a fully hybrid law firm. We have offices. I have an office that I go into a couple of days a week, but nobody's sort of forced to. And it was really a matter of the adjustments we made in COVID and coming to the conclusion that it was actually, we were a better firm this way. And, and I can tell you, you know, and you, I'm sure you know this, when we interview and we hired several people, you know, a bunch of people during COVID, when we interviewed, very some of the very first questions from everybody is what's the remote policy so you know what we've tried to do is kind of lean into it and use it to our advantage as a some extra incentive to try to get the best talent and yeah and it really can be on we're a hybrid if for us it's like if you if you can be here and some some of the folks we don't even we don't even want them to be here to be coming in the offices they're doing the work they're operational they're they're like digging in deep they're kind of sure. nerdy smart people and it's probably better for them to, to be in their, their environment. <laughs> Absolutely. Some and people better off alone. <laughs> yeah. But if they wanted to come to the office or they really needed to, we can support that, no problem. And uh, we have about, I guess, six or seven that are that are here. I do have some local employees that don't even come in because yeah. they just don't need to. Most of my leadership is here, mm -hmm. you know, managers, office manager, and um, stuff like that. But for the most part, I think probably 20 of the 30 are completely remote. Yeah. And so it's an incentive. I mean, if I said, hey, you have to come to the office, then they're in Chicago. Well, they, I can't get that talent. They, they're not going to move yeah. unless I give them some big package. And then their life's disrupted and, and it's not going to work out for them. So, uh, you know, really in New York, you know, one of the things we found too is 
it kind of doesn't matter where you live. You're sitting in traffic for hours or you're sitting on a train or a bus or whatever. And that time is time that when people are working from home, they're actually working. So, you know, again, depend, I know it varies greatly, but if you're in a big city, the commuting costs and the commuting time, you can really get a lot back if you, if you people the option. Absolutely. And, and then for me, I work from home. I got my whole office set up because I didn't have an office at home until COVID. And I, the first few months I was like, I had this little teeny like desk and I, I was like, oh, <laughs> crunched over. And I was like, all right, looks like I'm going to be here a while. I guess yeah. I should, you know, build an actual office. So my, and my wife works from home already. She's worked from home for like 10 years. So, oh, wow. okay. so now that's, I a, that's, a, that's fun too, right? You have to sort of uh, yeah. figure out who's going to work where in the house and when and <laughs> Well, she was a little upset because my I built a full office, like and I took over a whole room, and then she just works in our bedroom with like a little de- like. She's like, "Well, I'm like, well, you you could you could do that too, you know." So I'll build it. She may ask you for an addition at some point. <laughs> Probably, but yeah. So it's really been a blessing for us. And my wife works for a company out of Boston, and, and she doesn't work in Boston, of course. We're in Virginia, so uh, it's really been it's been nice. And I drive; it's 30 minutes to my office, so. That does, that's an extra hour a day that I'm just right. driving, right? And you're still feeling like you're putting out the same amount of energy. You're driving yeah. through traffic and you drive home through traffic and you're like, all right, I'm done, you know? <laughs> yeah. Of course, if I had that extra hour just to work and then I'd probably work even longer because I don't have to do all that community and, and dealing with the headaches, so. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's true. I, you know, and don't get me wrong, that's not great either. You know, we'd like to have people have, I want everybody to just work constantly. That's not going to, that's not good, but uh, it, it gives you the flexibility, which is really what it's all about. Yeah. So I assume you're at home today. Yeah. Today I'm home. I'm in uh, Jersey city. New Jersey. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to probably be at home a little early. It's a nice hot Friday here in Virginia beach. So we'll be hitting the beach with the kids this afternoon. So nice. That's great. Well, Steve, thanks so much for sharing kind of your journey and, and what you've been up to. Really interesting story on how you got to where you're at. And uh, sounds like the office is doing well and that you're pretty good at what you said you wanted to do. So, well, thank you. Yeah. So far, uh, you know, we're five years in, five and a half years in, and um, I'm really excited about what comes next. That's awesome. All right, cool. Well, everyone, please check out Foley Mansfield if you don't know who they are. Uh, Check out Steve's firm. As always, if there's any needs, right? So we have a lot of attorneys that tune in to the show. Maybe you have a case that comes your way and it's not something you can handle. Reach out to Steve, see if uh, they can support you on it. I'm sure there's some referral opportunities. And then reach out to Steve too. I mentioned Vistage. I put the web address down below. There's a lot of great groups out there. Like Steve said, there's a lot of good books out there. I'm reading all the time. Sometimes that can't do it for you. But if you're not in a group, a peer group or mastermind, I highly suggest you find one <laughs> and join it. Yeah. It could be, be a local one. It could be a big one, national one. It doesn't matter. Just explore it. I think you'll be uh, surprised. And a lot of these groups, like you said, Steve, you can visit. You know, yeah, you, you don't have to just sign up and pay for it. And then, and that's it. And I would say they do cost money and you, yeah, want, <laughs> you want to pay if you want a one that's going to be managed properly, Yeah. you know, so that's all I got. Yeah. They're not cheap, but you know, I, I, I really do think that over time that they, they, they pay for themselves with, with what you learn. I mean, you get what you get what you pay for. Yeah. I know for me, if I'm not paying for something, it's easy to neglect it or, Yes, to not show up to the meeting. I know my my uh, business partners group. If you don't show up to a meeting, you get fined like fifty bucks. Oh wow! Or if you're late, that's another fifty bucks. 
and it goes right into the group, which they use for events and, and parties. And, sure. and all. They do a lot of fun stuff too. But, um, but yeah, they're like, all right, we'll just invoice you 50 bucks. You know, <laughs> we don't have any fines. I, I, maybe that, you know, maybe we shouldn't give them any ideas. <laughs> you might get fined yourself. So would be uh, the first. <laughs> yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, everyone have a amazing day. Go grow your firms, take care of your people. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Steve, anything else you want to say before we go? Just again, thank you so much. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity. Uh, like you said, foleymansfield.com. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn and I'm incredibly obsessive about responding to emails. So I'm constantly getting in trouble for you know responding to emails when we are on vacation. <laughs> I <hear that>. So <laughs> you can certainly get in touch with me in a, in a number of different ways. And uh, again, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. And uh, you guys do a great job on this. Yeah, I appreciate that. If you everyone needs any help or just want to have a discussion with marketing, SEO, websites for firms. We work with big firms like uh, Steve's, where it's just managing a big site with lots of people and profiles. And then we help firms like personal injury and divorce drive leads and traffic so they get more cases. So if that's any of interest or you have questions or you don't even know where you are in that uh, with your own firm, I'll talk to you for free. I don't, I don't need to, uh, I'll show you give you some good information. So you can go to ArrayDigital.com. It's down on the that side, I think, over there. And check us out at ArrayDigital.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Steve, you hang out with me backstage. And everyone else, have a great day. Thanks, Ken. Bye. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much. But I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com, where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening, and thanks for sharing.